Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman, and I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, and, of course, intern Erica on the ones and twos. Guys, we are recording this on a Wednesday. I'm sure it will come out either later, t- later tonight or first thing um, Wednesday morning. Uh, did I say we're recording this on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night? I think you said Wednesday. Yeah. I did, but this is a Tuesday night. Is it Tuesday? Guys. What? <laughs> no, I thought it was Wednesday. Oh, it is Wednesday. Yeah. Shoot, tomorrow's Thursday. Yeah. Damn, After man. that's Friday. It's been a long... <laughs> that's true. <laughs> if things hold true to form. Uh, it has been a long day. Uh, so, guys, uh, last night the Raptors won game five against the Philadelphia 76ers. Shane and I were at that game uh, with our friends, uh, Peak and Sean. Uh, Max was not at that game because uh, manager Ash was receiving an award. Yeah, the Manager Music Fund, which is Woo. an association of managers in Canada. Huge congrats yeah. to her and the whole team here, Chris Taylor, everybody. Uh it's exciting stuff. Did you get up? Did you say a few words for your manager, Max? Yeah, actually. Um, it was a cool dinner. There was only probably, it was a small room. There's maybe like 150 people in there. It wasn't like a big gala thing, uh, but it was at a restaurant downtown. There's only three awards handed out. Um, one was for um, Ash and Chris and Sarah, who work in the office here, for a banner year for their work on Arkells, which yeah. is very exciting. Define banner year. I don't know. Like, But oh, like well. last year, like the weekend won, and the year before, the Strombellas won it. So we're in good, like, good company. And they only oh. give out one of these. And um, I, and Ashley told me kind of like the day before that, like, oh, you're going to have to say a speech. Like, you have to make the like the acceptance speech. And uh, I just kind of winged it, and it was really good, actually. I nailed it. <laughs> if I do say so myself. No, I was quite impressed. Uh, it was actually really sweet. Our booking agent, Jack Ross, who's been our agent since the beginning, he he kind of talked about our year, and it was a really heartfelt, kind of felt like a wedding speech. It was like, oh, we've known these nice. guys for a long time. Max worked with me as an intern when he was 18 years old and kind of talked about our history. So that was really sweet, and he, he really nailed his speech. And then I went up and nailed it. Because here's the thing. I think I might have mentioned this last night at the bar, is that – you know, sometimes I can go into something really unprepared and kill it, and then sometimes I really fall on my face, as we know with the second live podcast, right? <laughs> uh, so it's a blessing I, and a curse. Yeah. So, I mean, your probably, confidence has has probably uh, served you more well than it has not. Yeah, but occasionally I screw up, so there is something to be said for uh, preparation. Yeah. I think for our listeners too, I always find it so interesting. Like you're obviously in a very successful band now, but you interned. At an agency that booked bands when you were 18. Yeah. That is a savvy place to put yourself. Of course, yeah, because I got to know all the all the big wigs that are still doing it today. So then they would want to like help you out once you were ready to be booked. Like I, This was a conscious thought on your part. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Jack Ross did also say, he was like, I t- Max showed me his music and I said, uh, stick to something else. Like, like <laughs> he, It took, took a while for, to get Uncle Jack on side. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did want to be involved in music in some way at a very early age. Yeah. Um, but another a funny thing happened. Um, so there's this pr- legendary country music promoter named Ron Sakamoto, in, and he's from Lethbridge, Alberta. And he's probably about 75 years old. He's a Japanese Canadian, and he's basically run country music in Canada, like, like the, the Godfather of country. No, no, he totally is. And he won some Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, he also manages Johnny Reed as well as putting on lots of shows. Yeah. And he told the story about his um, his sort of experience coming up in the music industry. And so he basically he went to L.A. when he was like a 23 year old like kid from Lethbridge from a Japanese family. He goes down to L.A. It's like the early 70s or late 60s. And he's, he's on the mic. He's on the story. He's like, and I realized 75 percent of the bookie agents are Jewish. So then I go home. Our and people. I, yeah, our people. <laughs> it's a call back from last episode. So I go home and I start my company. I call the Golden Gold Booking Agency or Golden Gold Promotions or whatever the name of the company is. So 
these agents just started calling me because they assumed I was one of their own. And I said, this is Ron Sakamoto. And they're like, who are you? He's like, I'm the president of Golden Gold. <laughs> <laughs> so, so people start calling my office and say, I need to talk to JJ. And they're like, who's JJ? Like, the Japanese Jew. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was an awesome story. Uh, he nailed his speech. And it was just like so funny because it's like you couldn't do that today really i mean i guess people change their names but we're also visible we're like, so visible yeah. everybody has an online profile everybody has a linkedin but it's funny that you can kind of go down like back in the 60s like kind of scope the scene go home start a company that that's sort of under a false pretense and like no one really knows anything you hear stories like that all the time and there's almost like this sort of like i feel like a like a, an envy of the old days when you could do that and it's also mildly pol- politically incorrect probably sure yeah you wouldn't be able to get away with that yeah. But it's, but it, the way he tells it, it's like pretty lighthearted. And it's charming in retrospect, but yeah. really he was misrepresenting himself, and it was kind of an awful way to proceed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, um, it, was, it was a cool night. Uh, yeah, so anyway, the, the reason I, I bring this up is because the reason this has felt like such a long day is because uh, after the, well, during the game and then after the massive win, uh, we all hung out. The whole gang got together. We had a, awesome. a really good Minus crew Erica. last night. Sorry, Erica wasn't there, yeah. We had a really good crew last night. Um and yeah, you just come from the awards show, uh, so you're with Dan Hamilton, me, Shane, Peak, and Sean. We rolled over uh, Simon Jane, our buddy Juice. Like it was just a really fun night, uh, and there was a lot of drinks had. I feel like it was like the the one get out of jail night, like when you have a kid. Like all and I the- got tatted up. That's oh, right. Shane got a tat. Yeah, I put that on the Insta story. Yeah. All right, ready to be impressed. For our listeners, he's taking off his jacket right now, pulling up his uh, sleeve. Oh, there it is. He doesn't even know. So what? visible. <laughs> it's just covered in blood what is it? Yeah, so it's a snake. Uh, right now, you can't see the snake because they put on this like saran wrap thing mm. that's just filled with blood. Oh my so, god! That's the bloodiest tattoo I've ever seen. It's oh. a, there's a methodology. To yeah, it. so I could like shower in this for two weeks, like, like, and then I'm supposed to take this off in two weeks, and then you'll see the tattoo. It's very weird. I've never had this method done before so it bakes in the blood and i guess that does something good to it the crazy thing is that's not his blood oh. no, no. <laughs> you get that at the actual tattoo place i can't tell if you're serious i'm joking of course. Oh. It's your own blood. <laughs> wildly unhygienic and- <laughs> i don't know how these things work. i'm an idiot <laughs> yeah so you can't see it right now but there's a snake under there and so, uh, i got this tattoo with my uh friend sean well here's the funny thing is they both get these tattoos and then this guy this the tattoo artist has this methodology where he's like i'm gonna put the saran wrap on leave it on for two weeks but then they proceed to drink about a thousand beers each which thins the blood anyway Uh. so they're both bleeding into these blood bags basically (laughs) all night long while we're at the game and like yeah anyway sean got home at like whatever time he got it he sent like a photo and he's like i think it's looking good guys but it's just literally like this giant blood sack oh man yeah yeah and we did drink way more than expected to for for several reasons and uh yeah one of them being that uh i bought two two large beers right off the top yeah to get going and then it was the third quarter and then Mike looks over to me. He goes, "Boys, uh, uh, they 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 cut cut off the taps in the fourth quarter." And I'm like, "Uh oh, like we're men, we want to drink beer." I'm thinking, <laughs> right? Like, let's get. So I think I'm cool. So I'm like, "All right, let's get that woman, the beer woman, and let's get some beer." Get her, yeah. <laughs> and Mike's like, "No, let's let's wait when she comes around." I was like, "No, we're she's gonna be gone forever. She's not gonna come back. They're gonna cut off our beer." And he's like, "Okay." He's like, "She's going to get more beer, and she'll be back." So she comes back, and the beers came to what eight seventy six bucks. Yeah, it was 72 and you gave her 80. So you gave her an $8 tip. 
You were yeah. pretty drunk and bleeding profusely, but uh, <laughs> well, for the amount of hundred percent, that's twenty percent probably. And it's right? like in the movies where it's like they send the beers down the row, so people mm. are passing it. <laughs> and we're passing the eighty oh, down. Yeah. yeah, you don't want the change, but then no one seems like that happy with the beers. I was extremely happy. Yeah, well, oh, it, I mean, I had trouble drinking. It. You so didn't you, feel like you were uh, being showered with enough. Pe- thanks people and were being gratitude. weird about it because I thought when Mike did the announcement, it meant all right, everyone needs more beer. <laughs> and then at the end, I'm feeling everyone's cans because I, I spent all the money, and everyone's cans was like seventy percent full. <laughs> so you went through the chairs, and <laughs> yeah. Just them up. So I started drinking everyone else's <laughs> beer. Yeah. The value. And we're then, not wasting a cent. Then Mike goes to the washroom and comes out with his beer still in his hand. I was like, geez, Mike's been holding that beer forever. This is. After after the game, like we're sticking around just so Mike can finish his beer, and then he sneakily goes to try to throw it in the garbage. Yeah, and well, I go, not sneakily. I was open about it. I said I'm going to get rid of this, and then somebody, and then you drank it. I think. Yeah, then I, <laughs> I had to grab yours. I'm like, you're not wasting. Like I can't waste seventy six no, bucks. So eighty thing, bucks. At that point, everybody was done their beers, and everyone wanted to go to the Walrus because Max and Dan were. Well, waiting. I had finished the other guys' beers. Yeah, too. so but I felt like I was holding up the crew. That's why I was going to throw it out. I'm like, we're still going to drink a lot tonight. But I, I, yeah, I guess I didn't respect that you dropped almost a hundred dollars on beer. And my thinking was, as per usual, at the top, just before the fourth, you always get one for the fourth quarter. What we didn't quite like figure is like, oh, we just, because it took us a while in the third to get our beers and back to the deck. We had a giant beer each. So we had to finish that beer, which actually got us to the end of the fourth quarter. So we weren't starting the Shane beers until the <laughs> game was basically, there's a minute left. Our listeners are like, can you guys shut the hell up about these beers? <laughs> this is the- <laughs> It's like, all right, we get it. You drank some fucking beer. <laughs> no, but it's more about teaching people about value. <laughs> and like, you know, if you're, you're going to spend your hard-earned money on it, you should appreciate the thing that you buy and actually Definitely. use it. And then I remember I was like, Mike, you were going to throw that out. And you're like, if I, you're like, I'm being honest. I, w- I could have just dumped it out in the washroom when I was in there. So that I, was I, running. Honest, yeah. I felt like I was the guy holding everybody up because there was like no one left in the arena. And it's just us standing in the concourse drinking. Chris Boucher actually walked by the Raptors player, right. which Shane had a funny theory on. Uh, so basically, I actually felt like everyone was just waiting for me to finish it. And I was like, I'm not going to chug this beer. We're g- There's so much more drinking to be had. That, yeah. I was just trying to be courteous to the guys. I didn't realize it was also offensive to you since you yeah. spent money <laughs> I'm on I'm one of those guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah sorry. But uh, Chris Boucher walked by with like a, a lady, mm. and I was like, "Chris Boucher," and like everyone's in the concourse. And then Shane was like, "Don't you think it's weird? Like, isn't there like a player's entrance or something like that?" I'm like, "Yeah, that is weird. Why do you no, think yeah, he I've did that? that? Like, why would a player walk through all the fans with the commenters? And, and everyone was like, "Hey, Chris! Hey, Chris!" Like, he, he's trying to impress the girl. Of course, that's what he that's was Shane's doing. theory. Yeah, he's and like, then, but he, Chris was doing a thing where he was like trying to be fake, low key. Like, it's like when Leonardo DiCaprio is wearing a hat <laughs> yeah. like this. Everyone knows it's Leo, right? Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, hey, so, yeah. But he's doing it because he wants to be recognized. Yeah. It was all very interesting. Because mm-hmm. that's his way of being famous sure, for a guy who never gets any playing time. Yeah. yeah. You got to get his kicks in somehow. Yeah, you don't see Kawhi Leonard walking through the concourse with the fans. Um, but, yeah, and then we met up with you. Uh, you were, Everyone was in a great mood. It was a fun time. It was wicked. Yeah, my, my old uh, college buddy, uh, Chris Nectel, who shout out to Chris. He listens to the pod every day, and he got a chance to hang it out with It was great to meet or hang out with Chris and see him. Yeah, and he yeah. had a buddy with him. He's the best. Uh, he's really one of these like rare guys that is just – He's like the, sort of like the most genuine, content, generous, kind of joyful guys that you can meet. But he's so like low key about it all. He, I don't know. He, he's he's kind of a country boy too. He like lives out in the country. He likes doing country boy stuff. I, anyway, I'm so glad I know him. And yeah, and he listens to the podcast. And well, you uh, told me he was a fan of mine. You wouldn't he? No, he knows all about you. And then I, you were I, a little I, weird with him. I thought. How? Well, you're just doing like you were just like, uh-huh. yeah, you, you. Oh my God, you were Chris Boucher out. That's Shane. not true. No, you know what it is. I think your style of 
of uh, of meeting fans is different than the Mike and I style. Which makes sense. I was talking his ear off. No, I wouldn't leave him alone. Okay, I maybe you know I left you guys from. We were talking forever. I'm sure it warmed up. Sorry, I think it just you know what it is. Just the first. Uh, <laughs> Shane is incredulous right now. This is not good, Max. No, no. you have crossed no, a line. You know what it is, and this totally makes sense, and it's on yeah. brand for you. You, you normally when like a fan comes up and you're like, oh hey, it's so good, and you you put on like a smile and you you try to act as warm. Um, and inviting as you can. Mike does this very well. Yeah. You don't quite do that. Yes, I do. Do you? I'm crazy nice. I- <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I can always sniff out the people who are like Shane haters, and they just are. <laughs> There's no Shane there haters. There are Shane haters. I know them. So sometimes they're just like, oh, hey, Shane. They're like, Max! And then they'll like freak out, and like they're just trying to get to you. But then the people who are Shaniacs, I'll, I'll talk to them for way too long. And that's what I was saying. That- <laughs> you talk to them so long, they become Shane haters. Yeah. <laughs> well, they that's start what, out as Shaniacs. That's what happened last night, because I was talking this guy's ear off, because he... he you were like, he likes the desserts. I was like, you like the desserts? And then I kept talking about the dessert. And then he was trying to find a way to slip away from me. And then someone else came to like divert my attention for a second. Then I turned around and he t- he bolted out of there and just like boxed me out so I wouldn't talk to him anymore. No, he had to drive home too. He was uh, he was kind of at a work meeting kind of thing. Well, he was there for another hour. It's not oh, like okay. he couldn't have a conversation know. with me. Um, anyway, it was shout great. out to Chris Neck. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. Well, speaking of people that listen to the podcast, when after we recorded uh, yesterday morning, Shane and I were leaving here, the offices, and walking over to work. A guy on his phone is walking up, and he pulls his phone away as he's walking past. He goes, hey, guys, huge fan of the pod. He Love didn't it. sound that nerdy. He was a cool guy. He was cool. Yeah, yeah he was like, nice. said he was a fan of the pod. Uh, and he looked like a normal guy. Hey, also, uh, randomly this morning, the reason why I had to duck out of the bar early last night is um, I had to do like a talk for uh, like a media company. And the guy who uh, runs country music stations across the country, he's like, love your show on Crave. I saw it on the thing and I watch it. It's great. It's like an older guy. Wow. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Brick All- by brick, guys. Also, we were uh, so, while Shane and, uh, Pe- uh, Shane and Sean were getting their tattoos, Pika, myself, my brother, and Dan got some food at the uh, Black Bull mm-hmm. here in Toronto, yeah. right at uh, Queen and... Uh, I can't remember, Beverly. And uh, while we were there, a girl walked by, Marie. She pulls her headphones off. She goes, I'm listening to your podcast right now. I just want to let you guys know. Like, talk to us while we were on the patio. Blown up, guys. While we were on the patio. And then she kept it moving. Yeah. Here's the weird thing about that, though. Not her, but sitting in an SUV, literally, like, parked on Beverly, was Elizabeth Moss smoking a cigarette. Wow. With the window halfway down. I've seen her at bars before, too. I told you that I saw her. She's dating a guy in Toronto, right? I know this guy, kind of. I told you that whole story. Are, Are we allowed to talk about this on pod? Uh, I mean, I we've so. talked about this at bars, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's nothing really to tell. Only that I know a girl who's dating, a girl that I worked with at Eastside Mario's a long time ago. Lovely, <laughs> lovely girl. Uh, she dated this dude, and then they broke up. And then the next thing you know, it, I hear, find out at a party that that dude is now dating Elizabeth Moss. Just some Canadian wow. dude. Yeah, and, I, and, and not to brag or anything, but when I was in uh, the fancy room at the Raptors game, um, Elizabeth Moss and that dude were there hanging out. So they're still together. Did they recognize you? No, no, hmm. not at all. Um, yeah, but it was just she was just chilling in the SUV, and then she wasn't in the SUV. And uh, yeah, I, I texted my uh, my wife, and I was like, Elizabeth Moss is hanging out in an SUV, just like smoking a cigarette. Danica, Danica just responded, "Sneaky bitch." <laughs> Danica loves The Handmaid's Tale, so we're fans. And Peggy Olson, of course. yeah, me too. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, that's kind of that's that's why this has felt like a long day. Hey, well, speak- and Max got us like four shots and oh, three. You beers guys were and- being ridiculous with well, the shots. Well, I, you know what I felt? I was like, you know what. Peek and Sean don't come in the city that often. 
you know, you guys all probably bought your own tickets, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I, I should, I should be hospitable. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I need to sneak out of there. Cause as soon as I, you know, someone sees like one of us like settling up, they go, well, wait a second, where are you going? Oh yeah. They pile on. Yeah. So I just left and I forgot my credit card there. So I had to go get my credit card there this morning. Wow. 126 bucks. Hey, hmm. pretty good. Do- those weren't free Arkells drinks. No, no, no. I bought them with my hard-earned money. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. But we were feeling those this morning. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, but it was a great night. Cheers to the Raptors. Game six tomorrow in Philly. Yeah, everyone was so happy. You were, you were saying crazy shit, Mike, last night. You were like, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I was like, what's, what's more exciting, that or the birth of your child? You're like, they're on par. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was magical. It was just such a joyful beatdown and so cathartic. <laughs> and after years and years and you know more than a decade of being a uh, long-suffering Raptors fan who has sat through mediocre players, it's just, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I rooted for fucking Joey Graham and Jamario Moon. So to have... <laughs> You know, Kawhi Leonard uh, be the leading our team is special. But that's enough about the raps. Maxi, on tap for today, you have set up Instagram hiding likes update because we talked about this. Yeah. We were on this story before it happened and then it started happening. People started going on their Instagram and being like, why can't I see how many people like this? So that's caused a thing, a little uproar within our own even chat group. Uh, also, Max, you saw Michelle Obama on Saturday, last Saturday. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that? Um, and then we're going to get to some Twitter questions, which Erica, you sorted out for us. Is I did. Me? I've curated a few. And you're going to read them to us. Yep. This is exciting. Hey, do you guys like the way I'm choosing these topics, by the way? Like, could they be improved? Because it's like, I don't know how, what, like, what's, what's the sweet spot for topics? Like, maybe you like, never know. You never know. Some but, but you, have be you guys good. been satisfied with it so far? I've been satisfied. Yeah. Okay. But I know that I'm open to suggestions. So. Yeah, that's great. I just, I like that you're taking the bull by the horns and producing the shit out of this thing, man. Okay, cool. You're hitting us with the topics. Because really, we'll talk about anything. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, so let's start with Instagram. So they have implemented what we discussed before. It seems like on more accounts than we originally thought. On my personal one, I can still see likes. Yeah, mine on Arkells we can, but not Mike on much. Not Mike on much yeah. anymore. I think Shaney got hit. Yeah, too, and and it doesn't really matter because even if you don't get hit, someone else, has, everybody else, has. and they can't see your likes. So. Totally, yeah. Um, Shane, what do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of curious to know your thoughts. It's definitely benefiting people who actually produce real content and get conversations going in the comment section, and mm. that, and it's hurting people who are just like Instagram models who just their bread and butter is getting likes. So huh. for. I think regular people and people who just provide like surface content are going to hate it. And people who really provide stuff that generates conversation is going to love it. So that's the best. all of a sudden they're way more valuable. That's the business perspective for sure. Like in the idea of monetizing Instagram, who I think that would be the people that would most be vocal about this sort of thing. I think like just overall it's, it's more healthy. Like I think it is yeah. like, cause I think, I think it is true. People don't want to post cause they're scared. They're only going to get 10 likes or it's embarrassing to get seven likes because it's like, it's like it's it feels like a more healthy thing and it's less like sort of like relying on the dopamine hit of the double taps. And often you're not even liking stuff you like. You're just like, oh, this person always likes my stuff. I got to be equitable and like theirs because this is one of my likers, my my good likers. And I got to be fair. That's sure. the way I would think. Yeah. Well, so when we talked about it the last time I, I, I said, I was like, oh, this is interesting that like. You know, these tech companies are like trying to take like a bit of a moral stance on like how they operate their business. And I said that to Lauren and I was like, no, like they would never do that in a million years. You're very naive to assume any goodness with these companies. So I know we're talking about like, oh, they've actually done a, a service to us because they're improving our mental health. Are we delusional to think that? Like, is there some under 
lying uh, initiative that we're not seeing that, I, that is ultimately going to serve like does their, it benefit their business. Instagram in yeah it's like it's course, much, right of course I'm sure there's a long term play in order for them to monetize things and it can be both Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Can. Anytime you improve a product or service, like like A and W getting the that plant based burger, beyond meat. So it it's it helps the environment. It, it reduces carbon from people eating yeah. meat or whatever. Whatever, and it's, <laughs> whatever. However that goes. Yeah, in. you know, like the cows are farting so much that's <laughs> actually yeah. causing a huge problem. So it helps eliminate that, and it is just a driving thing. sales. Driving big business, sales. yeah, yeah. yeah. Burger. And when I say that it's 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 healthy, it's more healthy for people and encourages them to post more. I know that's sort of like their company line, and sort of like we want to help the overall sort of like mental health of our users. To your to your point, and to Lauren's point, I'm sure there is a five phase plan here, in, in a way that they can monetize it. That mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody's figured out, or we will be unveiled very soon. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. it's like when Bell Let's Talk does something. It's like there's always a huge Facebook debate on whether it's good or bad. Oh, it's like that sure. corporation is evil, but it's like at least they're doing something good. Yeah. Overall, like. Yeah, there could be. There are situations when yeah, just there could be a win win. Just because there might be a plan to monetize doesn't mean there aren't good benefits to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, do you like it? How do you feel? How does Lauren feel about it? Um, I, yeah, with Arkel still see the like, so I haven't really got a real taste of it. It was aside from signing into the Michael Much account, so right. I don't know yet. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you saw Michelle Obama? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, so yeah, I went, you pay for a ticket or is that I did not pay for that ticket. <laughs> still uh, batting hundred. Yeah, still batting hundred. Um, but yeah, so I ended up going with Lauren and my mom. It ended up being like sort of like the perfect mom date. Um, I'd say like eighty percent of the crowd were. Like women between the age of 35 and 75. Um, but it was awesome. Uh, Phoebe, who's the host of uh, Two Dope Queens, she moderated it. And so basically there's a, like kind of a montage video of like things Michelle Obama has done and like, a, like with late night clips and stuff. And then she comes out. Everybody's so jazzed to see her. And they just had like a really nice conversation about, um, you know, like how life is a journey and how it's okay to fail and how you have to kind of work through your fears to keep moving forward and just being kind of good to yourself. It was a lot of just like great uh, values and wisdom um, departed from, sorry, was it not departed, imparted, imparted thank you, uh, from Michelle. Anyway, and everybody left feeling so good. And, then, and again, there was nothing miraculous about it. It was just two women having a conversation um, and they're just like with some interesting insights. Uh, but it got me thinking. Like I'm such a sucker for this kind of thing. Like seeing Michelle Obama was like, oh, that was just the best. Like every like I needed that. I feel more hopeful about the world. I feel more optimistic. And I was just wondering how you guys like. Have you guys ever seen motivational speakers of any sort? And like, does that stuff work on you? Do you think this could work? Do you think anybody who saw Michelle Obama would go, ah, you know what? I got to do a little better, and I got to work a little harder, and be, you know, be better to my fellow neighbor. Or is it? only appealing to a certain kind of person. What what are your personal experiences with this kind of thing? I I think that, like, I think even if you're someone that thinks you would not walk away from a motivational speech, or, like, if you see someone who's, like, a professional speaker or motivational speaker, I think the reason they're so good at what they do is that even someone who would think, I'm not going to take anything away from this, ends up walking away with something. Like, at a a corporate thing that Shane Shane and I were at, uh, uh, the Olympian Mark Tewksbury uh, did a speech, and he 
he was phenomenal, you know, and it was really, really good. He was sort of the highlight of the day. And I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. Like he he built his story into three amazing parts and he sort of you. I appreciated the craft and the construct of it. And I also went away feeling really sort of uplifted. Um, I recently I recently saw Jane Goodall, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, our, my sister-in-law, Stevie, got us all tickets for Christmas and it was fascinating. We saw her in Hamilton um, and uh, she was really, you know, fascinating to listen to talked you know she does very inspirational work obviously and like a lot of celebs are like big on her because obviously the environment's a big part of her initiative as well as the the chimpanzees but um leo dicaprio was like you know he threw a 75th birthday for her and oh, stuff wow. like, which she sort of not so subtly dropped she's a little bit of a a, a name dropper you yeah, know? She, she's like uh, i know yeah. i'm a celebrity exactly but she's so self-aware in that sense that it, it was actually it was just really good but i guess to your question like one i take something away from anytime you see these people who are professionals at it uh do it and um, and two, I think it absolutely serves a purpose. I wish more people would go and get inspired and sort of walk away feeling how you felt after. Michelle well, it made Obama. me kind of think that I was like, you know, this is kind of what church could be, or sure. like, or or, or being religious, and, and it's a matter of, of practicing it. So people go on Sundays, like once a week, to be reminded. It's like practicing anything, or going to the gym, or whatever it is uh, that you want to get good at. It's like you have to make a conscious effort to like practice gratitude or, or practice generosity. And I was like, oh, this is uh, – I get when – I, when I see things like that, I'm like, oh, I understand why people are religious. Like I'm not a religious person at all. But if, if, that's, if that's what it does for you, that you are, you are reminded of things you ought to be doing and ought to be thinking about, then it, then it can really serve a, a, a good purpose. Yeah, I'm uh, – as you know, Max, I'm huge into motivational people because I'm the type of person – I need to hear things I already know said out loud by someone who's not me. So I already know everything I need to do. Well, we all know that, right? That's exactly. Yeah. Everyone knows. But I'm some people, they, they just don't like to be told by other people what to do, mm. even if they feel like it's luxury or like sure. they're holier than thou. And I think Tony Robbins, a lot of people would think is almost cultish and it'd be weird if you were into him. Are you so, into Tony Robbins? Oh, yeah. See, I don't know much about Tony Robbins. I know he's mm-hmm. a big deal. He's got big teeth. Yeah, he's a big guy, too. Um <laughs> But I'm more into right now. I go through phases too. Like I'm very fad like. So like I went through a Gary V phase uh, when I was much younger. When I was in my teens, I was uh, Tony Robbins, and now I'm David Goggins. And oh yeah, he's the Na- Navy Sail dude. He, he's amazing. Like he was only. Uh, I think there's only been uh, 75 uh, African American Navy Seals in the history of it. But he talks a lot about how black people have trouble swimming, mm. so it's hard to become a Navy Seal. And he talks about his you know, black people have a different bone density. Uh-huh. And this this is like me saying what he said. You know, this isn't sure, sure, yeah. my theory. But that's why he's saying there's such a low percentage of people who can actually be Navy SEALs who are African-American. And then uh, he talks just about how he pushed through and he ran a marathon without doing any training. And it's just all mental for him and just really pushing through the pain and just doing things. So like when I used to not be able to do any push-ups, but through listening to David Goggins and being like, he, he talks very funny too. He's like, motherfucker, I don't, I don't give a shit. Just fucking do it. It's raining. Who gives a fuck? You're cold. So what? Keep running. And then I'll listen to that. I'll be like, yeah, who gives a shit? It's raining today. I'm going to go out and run. I'm going to like, you're right. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Alex is like, excuse me. Fuck you, Alex. I'm going for a run. I'm going it's for our a daughter's run. birthday. It's mother's day. Also <laughs> fuck off. I want abs, bitch. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, now the other day, just to end the story, I did 60 push-ups. In a row. In a row. Wow. 
and I couldn't believe it. I went from a guy who could do zero to 60. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really an amazing thing, just like the power of being reminded. You know, like I, I try to listen to some mindfulness apps or and, and read mindfulness books, uh, and that's sort of about uh, just sort of like living in the present and being mindful of what your thoughts are doing. And it always blows me away. And I, I come back to it a lot if I'm feeling anxious or stressed out about whatever's going on in my life. And just having someone remind you, no, no, step back for a second. You know, okay, think about, you know, what you're going through right now is impermanent. You know, think about the way you're choosing to frame this and how you could choose to frame things differently. Like just these tools. And unless somebody is like actually telling me, I will will forget it immediately, and then I'll let my mind and my imagination get away from me. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, no, it's just a really. I, th- I think I'd, I'd recommend that for anybody out there, just to, like to find, uh, you know. Uh, like someone like David Goggins or or anybody else in, in that vein and and just be reminded of the things that you need help with. Erica, what, what do you got? Yeah, interesting what you say about religion. We were just talking about before we started rolling. I went to um, Catholic schools my whole life. And when you're in elementary school, my family's not very religious though at all. Like we don't really go to church, but my parents were raised very religious. Not very religious, but just go to church every Sunday. But I don't know if they ever super really personally like subscribed to it and then so in elementary school it's very much like you study the bible and the teachings of the bible and stuff like that but once you get to high school you study world religions so it switches from like just catholicism and you learn about beliefs from other religions and stuff and then and within world religions i don't know if i was just really lucky with the teachers i had but a lot of our lessons were based sort of like as I look back now I'm like oh that was us learning mindfulness and learning and like they a lot of it really just like instilled like we had lessons on lessons about like um uh like how to treat other people like that's what Mm -hmm. religion class was a lot of to me and like since then I've and I think I I credit like honestly like religion class for a lot of like the morals I like have with me today because you literally talk about it. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know another point in my life where I was literally talking about like how to like develop your mo- own morals and thinking about your own morals and like things you value and stuff like that. That's really the only time I've done it growing up. And so even now I think about it if like I have kids one day and I don't choose to put them in like the c- Catholic school system. I'm like, how will they get those lessons where they're literally talking about it and thinking about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, speaking of that... Um Similarly, when I was a kid growing up, we always said grace before every dinner, which is funny because, like, my as we know from the last pod, I'm half Jewish. My mom's Christian, like uh, Anglican background, but we weren't religious at all. And it's and it's funny when we started saying grace, it was because probably my mom's family had done it. When and so she was like, "That's what my kids are going to do," and it was something really generic, like "God is gracious, God is good, and we thank Him for this food." Amen. Like it was very short and mindless. But then as we got older, my dad's. It was like, no, you know what? Like, I'm into saying grace because it's a moment to reflect and to show gratitude. We're not, we're going to leave the God stuff out of it. And so, and so now, like, if we have like a family dinner, my dad will, in Michael Kerman, like, sort of way, we'll go, you know, let's like take a moment to really appreciate like the food that Emily made and the fact that we can all be here together. And, and he really tries to, and he's like, you know, we're here at Thanksgiving and this is a moment that we really, or the Easter, this is about spring and renewal or whatever. Like, and he had like a whole book of, um, of sort of hymns or not hymns, but like poems about renewal and gratitude. And, and I was like, Oh, that's so good. It's, it's just, it's a great way to like check in and, and, uh, show gratitude. So I do, I, I weirdly like the, the idea that as an adult, I'd be into grace when I was growing up. Like that doesn't make any sense. But now that I've had that experience, I'm like, you know what? 
I kind of want to say grace all the time. Like I think yeah. we should before every meal. Yeah. I think it's a good habit to get into. It's kind of just like a little reflection. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you agnostic or atheist? You know, it's funny. I don't think about it very much. It's, it was one of these subject matters which I wouldn't really declare. Yeah, I agree. I'm I, just I like, like uh, it, agnostic is you don't think about it. Atheist means you think God's stupid. Is that basically it? Atheist, you don't believe in anything. Yeah, agnostic, you're open to the possibility of anything. Atheists believe you don't believe there is a God. Oh, sure. I guess I'd be agnostic. Only yeah. because I, I wouldn't put my foot down. And Yeah, yeah me either. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Agnostic. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's more likely than not that, that, that we're probably all just... You hear a bunch of, you know, uh, membranes and atoms bumping around on this earth, and when you go, you go. Yeah, well, where do all the membranes and atoms come from? It's so hard to wrap your head around it. I don't, I wouldn't make any proclamation on likelihoods given the unlikely nature of us even being here talking. On- yeah, I guess I just like the natural development of the universe as an entity. Sure, like if you go back to like a Big Bang or where does it all come from, when I do think about those things, sure, there could be some sort of like entity or like conscious thought in creating all of us, intelligent design. Um, but I guess just watching the, like from what scientists have sort of shown us about the way that like, you know, like a worm evolves over time or we evolve. And then it's like, we're all sort of like, um, these creatures and it feels like a natural development. Now what triggered all that natural event? I do not know, Mm -hmm. but religion in the sense or God in the sense of like, well, you played by the rules, so you get in the club, and you didn't, so you're turned away. All of that sort of stuff, I have trouble wrapping my brain around yeah, the, rules of the of construct God, of man. Yeah, If there is a God, the rules might not be how, how we've laid Depicted them out. Them. Sure. But I, th- I think anything's possible. Yeah, it's so daunting. I think it's one of the reasons why I don't think about it, because as soon as you start thinking about it, like... Or you I, have a like, panic attack. I have a panic like, attack. Scared, like, oh, yeah. God, like, what does this all mean? Like, I just, I, and I choose not to think about it because right now I'm getting anxiety oh, thinking about it. Oh, me too, yeah. But if you're a person who can go down that rabbit hole, then of course you start coming up with cool ideas, right? Yeah, I spend <laughs> a lot of time thinking about it for sure. But, like, I, I, it does become very heavy. Oh, And you do start to feel very small if you yeah. don't believe in a God. You start to feel kind of insignificant. But I think there's also power in that because you do kind of feel like, well, hey, like, this is this is yeah, my shot. It. This yeah. is my time. This is how I want to use it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and and I think for me, like that's why I don't like it's because we have to live in the moment and do our best. Like while we're here on Earth, yeah. it's like I don't really care how you get there when it comes to be, being a decent, yeah, generous just be person. Good to people, man. Yeah, it's just like whatever. Like like if if you're super Catholic or you're super Jewish or Muslim or nothing, as long as you're being decent. That, yeah. Whatever gets you there, whatever gets yeah. you the finish line. Like, I don't think. I think everyone would agree on that. Yeah. Being a good person is the most important thing. I was just curious what you actually believe after the fact. To me, that's an interesting sure. conversation. Some people are good people, though, because of a fear of a repercussion from really? a god you or think something. Do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think there's some bad. I mean, I, yeah, I guess the question is does it actually act as a deterrent, say the seven deadly sins or whatever, because you're scared of the punishment of acting not in accordance with your religion? And for some people, maybe that is a thing. And what if that Well, that's why it exists. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you know. In some interpretations, so it's like ultimately, I like I don't know. Like, are do do we need rules from a religion to be decent people, or are we inherently decent people? Like, because we all know there's certain sociopaths or like pieces of shit out there that don't treat people kind, that yeah. present as religious people that have like these morals and tenets. Where it's like, actually, I see the way you operate. You're absolutely not that. Like, what are you spouting with this sort of like religious stuff that you're you're fronting like you're something, even though you're not? And it's like you can always tell who's decent or who's not. And um, yeah, I think most people are decent. There's just the weird outliers on either end of the spectrum that right. are extremely nice or extremely assholey. Right. And most people are genuinely, generally kind. I think. Yeah. Religious or not, like there's asshole priests out there, and there's sure. really nice people who are atheists. Yeah. 
What, what did you say you are? Did you identify it, Erica? Catholic. Catholic, so you believe in God. I'm and a Catholic. Um, well, oh, <laughs> this gets a little <laughs> sticky. My parents might be listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I don't know, to be honest. Sorry. I uh, was thrown into this religion without asking if I was okay with it when I was a little baby. I got baptized and did the mm. whole thing. And, uh, like, I never really thought about it until, like, I was done the Catholic school system. Since then, I haven't really... Uh, 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 participated in religion at all but um, yeah like I don't think I'd ever actively leave Catholicism or like I don't even know how you go you can leave a religion right sure like people like change their religion and stuff so I think yeah, you could yeah. leave would you you're, would you raise your kids Catholic though see I don't know like so, I don't know so Lauren and, uh, and I were having a conversation is like if we have a kid one day um, if and by the way, Lauren's not religious at all. She she she's probably more atheist than anything. She, she thinks it's a bit of a sham. I think. And she was like, "But w- if we have a kid, we, we should probably get it baptized just in case." You're right. <laughs> like, does and it. she was like, "I was baptized." It's like, "But what if th- there is?" I'm like, "Are you kidding yeah, me?" Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> in the last years, like talking about like Christopher Hitchens and like how like religion's a, a fucking sham and causes way more problems than anything. And now you're talking about wanting to get the kid baptized. And I, but my idea was like. Sure, if you want to. Like, I don't give it. Uh, to me, that's like hocus pocus yeah. shit anyway. So I'm like, if, if that makes you feel it good. never hurts I'm, to hedge your bets. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I'm doing that this weekend. Shane's really? getting baptized. I'm getting baptized. You're and, getting baptized. Yeah, and you Lu- are? Lucy. What? This For is real? literally somebody no. Somebody said to me the other day, they were like, Shane's getting baptized? Was it in the Google Okay, what do you have to do as an adult to get baptized? You have to go to classes or something, right? Uh, I Well, the... The priest wouldn't do it because I refused classes. Because so, when Shane shook the priest's hand, it went. But I think Shane's a demon. That's the yeah, deal. yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was good. Thank you. <laughs> but so now, like, I'm unofficially going to be baptized by Alex's cousin. But Lucy, it's a good, it's a good knockoff T-shirt outside <laughs> yeah, the arena. Like, <laughs> someone's <laughs> popping out with a super soaker thirty up, and hits. <laughs> Super soaker. I just like the idea of the three of you showing up at the gates of heaven, and then it's like Lucy and Alex. It's like, yep, wait, wait. Shane's got a fake ticket. What's that asterisk above your head? It's got like, but I've got my yeah, I've got my certificate. Sorry, bro, that's a forgery. (laughs) Brother, you're gonna have to. But Lucy, she can't take um, classes, so she she gets to do it without taking the classes for real. So you're jealous of Lucy? Like, ah, no, I don't care. Like, I I wasn't pro or like I'm kind of like your view, Max. How I don't care if Lucy gets baptized because I do think if there is a God, I would think he wouldn't care if you got the little sprinkling of water. Yeah. Is Alex? Is that why? Yeah, and it's part of like her work as a Catholic school teacher. Oh, you have yeah. to. Like, you need to be vouched for by a priest. Oh yeah, we had to hang with the priest for like four hours one day. Yeah, he just really? came. He checked out our house. He went in every room and kind of like really? made sure we were normal and told us stories. And was it weird when we went through the underwear drawer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm <laughs> taking these. <laughs> Spending a little too They're much mine. time in the underwear drawer. <laughs> <They're yours. laughs> yeah. I'll get back to you on whether we can baptize you or not, son. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Is Winnie getting baptized? No. No. Okay. No, man. <laughs> Ooh. Wait, I have are you were you married under the Catholic Church? Or no? <sighs> Uh, is that a requirement for no, Yeah, it as is well? a requirement. So I think we're 
there's something fishy going were, on. Were there. you married? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Alex is really worried about that. Were part. you married in, inside a church? Because I'm pretty sure if you want to be married under the Catholic law, you need to be inside of a church. When you yeah, well, I think happens. we're gonna do something later to make it real, so she can get hired as a teacher. That's so <laughs> stupid, don't you think? We're leaving all that in for sure. <laughs> no, uh, but don't you think that's crazy that they make you do that? Like that's like yeah. some stupid shit that mm-hmm. like. The Catholic religion makes you do stuff. Yeah, I, like I you get need that to there's do... customs and traditions, yeah. but the Catholic Church has also got to get with it. Like I think the religions that are going to survive are the ones that are like living in the 21st century and not some of the, some of those like old practices just seem so out of date. It's like anything, man. They want you to do it in their uh, venue. Yeah, get the uh, money they, in they there. Get the Skrilla, sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, we had a like we weren't religious growing up at all. But my dad. Who, uh, who, whose parents like weren't particularly Jewish, and he he like doesn't know it. Like he, I don't know how to spell like hanukkah or anything like but he'd occasionally like sort of wait show- is, is being jewish like uh, you said your parents they they weren't particularly jewish is that a like a religion or a, Sorry, or a, or a, a religious ethnic- sense but it is also an ethnicity or okay. like a, a group of people too um but yeah my dad like would show interest occasionally It'd be like like one year like we're doing um we're doing hanukkah this year i'm like okay like we're making potato latkes like sweet and then, like, years would pass and, like, nothing. And then my dad would be like, hey, Emily, do you want to go to shul? And she'd be like, do I have to? He'd be like, yeah, let's do it. And then that would last for, like, a year. I didn't have to go. What shul? She was like, Sunday school for Jewish oh. people. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's... Uh, I don't know if we've ever been this uh, revelatory about our... Uh our religious leanings or our yeah, thoughts what's on the it. description? I don't think we've ever talked read. about this before. Yeah, we'll I mean, we've it. talked. I I know. I we know this amongst ourselves just from talking in bars, yeah. obviously. But I don't think we've ever shared this stuff mm-hmm. on podcast. Yeah. Well, any listeners out there that are religious, um, let us know why you like it so much. Yeah. Or <laughs> is fact that check anything action? we that is. No, because I do like talking to religious mm-hmm. people. Because uh, you know, me too. I anybody love who's like interested, like in a particular thing and is passionate about it, I'm always curious. When I was like 20. Yeah. By the way, any listeners out there, I hope we don't sound condescending at all. No. Whatever no, gets no, no, you to no, the no. line, the finish line, my friend. Totally. Listen. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there was a, a friend of mine. He had a friend who was like a youth leader or something in his church, and he wanted to have a discussion with me as somebody who was agnostic, and he wanted to basically ask where my beliefs came from and where I, you know, derived sort of, you know, motivation and all that stuff and incentive. And it was a really interesting conversation because I asked him questions back, and it was like I remember we did like a Tim Hortons in like Westdale and Hamilton, and we sat there for like it ended up being like a three-hour conversation, and it was it was one of the better ones. Did he leave uh, an agnostic person? No, he, he he probably. <laughs> I think he left feeling very strong within his convictions, and I left feeling. Mm. But see, I feel like my you, you come off more atheisty because saying it's very unlikely to me is more of an atheist belief, and saying oh, I think everything's equally as likely is more of an agnostic approach. Right, right. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm like I think anything's possible. But when you ask me what I think is more likely, and by the way, you made a good point, like. How could I ever, what would be the measurement? What would be the data? You know, like I, what, when I say what's more likely, I guess I'm basing that on, you know, minimal reading I've done of scientists and the way I understand how biology works and how those, you know, the vast sort of like expanse of the earth and the universe. It is hard for me to comprehend um, the idea of like an intelligent sort of design in the way that we sort of interact as humans, right? Because I'm only sort of extrapolating what we are as humans and I'm sort of like blowing it up into what a God might be. So mm-hmm. that seems unlikely to me. I think man's construct of God is unlikely to me when I say that. But like there's something that I probably don't completely comprehend at all, which I think could be. But could I think if likely. there was a God, there'd be a pretty good chance he could make something out of our realm of even thought sure. or understanding, right? That he would like, make it so complex. Do you think he's like a white guy with a beard? 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, he's ripped abs. David, he listens to David Goggins. <laughs> you can fucking do it, Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, listener Q&As. Yeah. Erica, it's your time to shine. We are at 43 minutes. Perfect. All right. So there were some good ones. Um, There were a few group questions for everyone to answer and a few specific questions. Where would you like to start? You're running the show. Lead the way. Okay. Um, First one. This one looks good. It's from Anthony LaDuca10 on Instagram. Who is each of your dream guests for the pod? Barack Obama. Paul McCartney. I'm gonna. I I was gonna say Nathan Fielder, which was the huge running thing for a bit, but I'm switching it to Norm Macdonald now. I'm on a Norm kick. What about David Goggins? No, because I hear from him every day. Like, and I, I know his mo. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, what's the update on the Fielder stuff? Anything or? Uh... No, I I I don't think he'll ever do it. No, I've way. lost hope. Yeah. Um, damn. Who's I your dream guest, then? Erica? I I don't know. I've never thought about it. Okay, think about it, and then we'll come I've back to the end. I've only been to one interview, actually. Remember, I sat in with Dean Brody. I do, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you like Dean Brody? He's hot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you whispered yeah, it, but the mic, yeah. you still whispered it into the mic. He's hot. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to crank that in post. Yeah. Um, okay, actually, on this note, the next one is for Max. Lindsay Zalot wants to know, many pods ago, Max Kerman talked about learning and reading more about mindfulness mm. and trying to practice it often. Just wondering, how is that journey going and if Max has any reflections to share? Uh, it's, it's great in that uh, there's like a few mindfulness books that I've read. There's a, um, a good podcast called Headspace. I, I'd say that I... You mean app, right? App, sorry. Yeah. What did I say? Podcast. Yeah, yeah, I meant app. Yeah. I'd say that it's probably better if I did it every day and I definitely do not. I definitely come to it when I'm feeling anxious. Uh, I've heard experts say that it's like it's even better when you're not anxious and you're just doing it uh, like every day. Uh, but yeah, I recommend it. Um, the Miracle of Mindfulness by Tick. It's some Vietnamese name. Uh, but yeah, just look up that book. That's what I recommend. The Miracle of Mindfulness. I'm very curious what a guy like you uh, gets anxiety over. Oh. Great question. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 sneaky competitive in ways that I'm kind of ashamed of uh, that. And like when it comes to like the music world and just my job and there's certain things that like are irrationally in my head as a competition. And, it's, and it's, I'm very embarrassed by it cause I think it's like an, a very ugly side of me. And so I, I lean on mindfulness to help me reshape the situation and look at it with clearer eyes. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Nice. So Brandon Flowers was the answer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Shane, this one's for you. Hit me. So I recently got Crave and checked out the Crave show, and now I need to know more about Crocodile Mile. Whoa. P.S. You guys have been killing it lately. Love the Freedom Eps and especially the basketball talk. Hey. Well, yeah. Crocodile Mile. Crocodile Mile was a rap group I was in when I was young. I used to, uh, when I was very, very young, I took hip-hop uh dance class and uh, yeah is there any footage no mm. like i wasn't good at it i just took the class and realized very soon after that i wasn't good and i didn't really like it but i was very into into rap i always wanted to be like a beastie boys-esque guy and in a band that was similar but i was also into comedy so i decided to like combine both worlds and be in a comedy rap group now this rap group was so offensive that I would, <laughs> you know, I would be deplatformed and lose my job and my wife and 
children or child like if, if it ever got released so mm. that's where, where is it all <laughs> there was a couple of fans um who put it on online so i think if you really tried hard you could probably find a song but i, I recommend not doing that for the reasons <laughs> i just mentioned <laughs> hashtag deep platform shame yeah. uh, so was it just you or was it a group no there's other people and uh i, I won't mention their names Fair. for yeah <laughs> legal reasons yes okay. um this question was submitted by this family tree hey who is the pod's resident diva why oh who is the most relaxed slash easy going to work with? Uh, you three can all answer that about each other. Good question. That is a good question. I will say that uh, I was thinking about this pod the other day um, in that it, I feel really lucky that whenever I see you guys or we go in to do something, I don't get a tinge of uh, panic or stress. You know, everybody has those colleagues where you're like, oh, shit, I have to go do something with this person. Or, you know, I don't get that at all. Like when I ran to you guys on the street, today when we were walking up, I was like, oh, they're there. Like there was not, it was, it was just very pleasant and I was sort of just like, excited about it. So to the diva question, I don't know. I feel like. If you can't think of the diva, does that mean you are the diva? Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm the diva. I think honestly, my answer would be, I think all three of us are capable of being diva-esque. Having moments. Yeah. Having moments. It kind of sure. depends on what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. Cause if it was just like, just the pod and the way we do it, I would say, Mike would probably be the biggest diva. But when it came to doing the Crave show and something that I consider my turf, all of a sudden I get very precious about it and I'm almost impossible to deal with if somebody crosses me in any way. So in that way, I was the biggest diva. And I would assume in the musical sense, probably you're the the diva. What are you you talking about? I don't know if someone was like fucking with your music or came to something where you had to hold your ground. Yeah, I feel like it kind of comes down to like who is feeling the most pressure about the specific moment. Great way to put it. So it's like if if Mike has been stressed, like when we're taking on something new and he feels like I have Mm -hmm. to carry this fucking load and you guys aren't fucking helping me. And that's that's and that's a reasonable thing. And and you you are very um, sort of your sense uh, of comedy and how it needs to be practiced is something that you care a lot about. And if like producer Max is not a shame, we're gonna have to cut that. You get very diva esque about it because you yeah. feel so strongly about it. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it, I'd say if anybody's being a diva, it's, it comes from a place of just care. Uh, I th- you know, and you know what? That is good, I think Max is probably the most laid back of the three of us. Hundred percent. By far, there's no question about we're, that. We're the divas. In yeah, the but uh, but uh, but also I have a, a bit of a place of privilege when it comes to this shit because like because like I've I've made it very clear that I don't know how to do fucking anything. <laughs> so I'm just like I don't know. Someone else has got to figure it out. Like anything that actually requires heavy lifting, I have taken myself out of the running for. So I've sort of yeah. But, so uh, yeah, I think the second part of the question was most laid back. So yes, yeah. we yeah, yeah Max is Max, easily for the sure. <clears throat> okay. But also, yeah. I do think it's important to have different sensibilities. Like, uh, like, we, like if it was just a bunch of me's, nothing would fucking happen. You know sure. what I mean? Like, and also, if it was a bunch of if everybody was like high strong with this or that, like that wouldn't be good either. I think it's important that, and not not to say that you guys are high strong because you're not, but it, but there needs to be that dynamic. Yeah, we each have our pr- uh, yeah. pros and cons. And yeah, everybody has their own lane. It's good. Um. All right. But all oh, we will say, like the last year has been fucking great. It's been like, oh, it's rolling. These I, I, honestly, recording these freedoms has been really fun. Mm-hmm. It is loose, you know. There is uh, freedom to it. (laughs) Totally. Thank you. Hit us. Um, One bucket list item. Something you guys have yet to do, but you want to do. Oh. Wow. 
Uh, there's this uh, related to the pot or just in life? Anything. Anything. There's this thing called the uh, Star Trek cruise that happens every <laughs> January. Would and you do one? So here's the thing. Like the big joke is like I, I really want to go on a cruise. I've never been on a cruise in my life. Obviously, like I didn't even get on a plane until I worked at Much Music. Like we didn't like growing up. We didn't go on like vacations where we go to Disneyland or fly anywhere. It's like we just you know it wasn't a thing that we would do. But um, so I've never been on a cruise, and my big joke is like I want to go on a cruise. I was like, why do you want to go on a cruise? I'm like, I want to play basketball on the ocean because every every one of these cruise ships has a basketball court, and I've never been on one. So my wife, she's like, why do you want to go on a cruise? She doesn't understand it. So there's this. Star Trek cruise that happens where all like the old cast members like go like and they'll like have yoga during the day and then they'll have like music on board. So my big like joke dream is that I'm going to go on a Star Trek cruise by myself. Oh, by yourself? I was gonna say, would you bring your family? They don't want to come. <laughs> None hey, of them. You'll probably be the king of that basketball court too. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was a dream. I got to talk about Star Trek all day and I was the best basketball yeah, player. Yeah. There. <laughs> I get that. What about you, Shane? Uh, for me, I was thinking about this today before this question was even asked. It's weird. It, uh, there's a Netflix show called I Think You Should Leave. It's comedy. Oh, so it's good. Serious. Tim Robinson. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. As, a, as almost anyone who knows anything about comedy knows, it's like the best sketch show probably ever to be released. And when I watch something like that, I'm like, geez, before I die, I would love to make something that good and that, that funny. Because... I feel like I haven't really done anything of note that's very funny that I've like made or written. Grave, or... man. Grave. <laughs> I thought you said grave for a second. <laughs> no. Grave show. <laughs> uh, yeah, but still, I, f- I want to like get to that level of how amazing that show is. That's really what I or when I watch Nathan Field or something. Shane, like what that. would it take for you to like quit your job and just be like, I know it's tough because you got like a young family and you have a really good job, but to be like, because I think in order to pull that off. It's full commitment. Hard. Yeah, you kind of need to do a full commitment. Like, is there well, like? Well, I think I think you could. What you do is save up all your vacation days yeah. and just say, "I'm taking five weeks off, and I'm gonna work my ass off and mm-hmm. do it." Because that's what I love about film or shows like that. You just got to do it once, and then it lives forever. Yeah. Cool. Bucket list, Maxi. Um. Yeah. Yeah. What would be my experience? I mean, I'd like to do a little more traveling places I've never been, like South America or. East Asia, I guess, but I can find out where the cruise goes if. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be a nightmare for me. You would, hate space. I would, yeah, I'd, I'd hate that Star Trek cruise. Star Trek, yeah, not Star yeah, Wars. You okay. got it. Um, but um, yeah, I think just like meeting people that I look up to, like uh, if Barack Obama comes to town, if he does a speaking tour, I want to moderate it. I just like to meet the guy, um, Max Martin, a great pop songwriter. I'd like to meet him. Yeah, I don't know. Just meeting people, I think, is is, uh, is what I like to do. Erica, what about you? You're younger than us. So you got a lot of stuff to do. No, yeah, I haven't done many work. things. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really done that many things. I've never been to BC. <laughs> cool. Oh. I really want to go. We might be able to work that over you through this pod. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, or um, Coachella 2020. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. There's the bucket list. Um, okay, next question. This one I thought was interesting as well. I'm just curious, without naming names, if you would have or ever not invite or slash refuse to have someone on your show because of controversial beliefs or allegations that were associated with them. Just curious if you guys tend to lean more on the side of not giving someone like that a platform or opening it up for bigger conversation. That's a really good question. It's a good totally. question. Because we think about that sometimes, too. We, we've had the conversation. Uh I don't want to speak for it. I would say that Max and I would probably lean toward just to stay away if somebody seems problematic. 
and I and I'm, I don't want to speak for you, Shane, but I think Shane would actually be more like um, there might be some value gained in having the conversation. So he like he would maybe be like, why not have him? Let's like let's break it down. Whereas I think Max and I are more cautious and kind of like maybe let's not give somebody a platform. No, I think I think the exact same as you guys in the sense because that's a that's a twofold question. Uh, the first part: Would you ever not have someone on the show because they were controversial or they're involved with something? Yeah, I, I think we'd all agree. Like for the greater good of the pod, it would cause too much of a stir in society or something, or could fuck up this good thing we have going. So let's not do it because my leanings, which is the other part of the question, I lean towards giving those people a platform and hearing them out, and maybe extracting some knowledge or extra truth that maybe the the public wasn't willing to hear. So, so I, I, I would want to, but I wouldn't out of fear because society sometimes scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, that idea of giving just like the, the concept of giving a platform and there's and there's an argument to be made that that in itself is a problem. Like if you give a platform exactly. to somebody. And, and I don't know exactly how I feel about that. And I guess like it depends on who it is, of course. I will say that uh, one of my favorite podcasts is Joe Rogan. And I think Joe Rogan does a really good job of having just really human conversations with people from across the political spectrum. And and you end up learning about people who you think you would just hate. And then you go, okay, I don't agree with, say, 85% of what this guy's saying, but he comes from a certain place and he has a particular worldview because of X, Y, and Z. And there's 15% of him where I'm like, oh, okay, that actually kind of enlightened me in, in a certain way. And I think, I think it's important... Um, to try to find common ground because why because what else like because what's the alternative the alternative is just going fuck that guy and i and i don't think f- the fuck that guy thing is actually helpful you know what i mean oh and you just end up staying in an echo chamber you, ba- yeah. you basically reinforce all of your stuff in that sense what and by the way, occasionally fuck that guy can be is important it is yeah. important I, I think I there, think there are is. certain people that you should say fuck okay um it was really funny um there's this, this is a hot button word in itself but ben shapiro who i don't really know much about yeah. but he was on um, the, the Joe Rogan podcast. And it was a pretty civil conversation. He's a pretty conservative guy. I disagree with him on tons of stuff. The conversation was civil, though, and I learned something about him and learned like how he conceives of his conservative Judaism and his libertarian beliefs. Anyway, I was having a conversation with uh, Lauren about that podcast. We were walking up through the annex, and some guy, we were just passing like a random stranger on the street. He's like, hey, sorry, I don't mean to eavesdrop, but... Uh, Ben Shapiro's a fucking dick. <laughs> and then we were like, uh, well, we don't like, like him. He, you know, he was just on like this Joe Rogan park and Joe Rogan seems to be okay. Like, you know, Joe Rogan, like people kind of like Joe Rogan though, right? Like Joe Rogan was talking and we were just like, and I was just like, anyway, and, and anyway, I just think that, um, yeah, you don't have to like or agree with someone, but I think trying to find any goodness is just generally better to move things along. All right, last one. Last okay. one. Okay, well, here's just a quick thing. Um, someone just wants to know if Mike, or sorry, if Max would allow, is the word he used, Mike and Shane to do a Freedom episode on uh, thoughts about Game of Thrones once it's all done. A wrap-up at B. Oh. <laughs> As a producer, and I'm interested in good ratings, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
It's just a savvy business yeah, move, yeah. really. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. you know what would be fun is, you know what we should maybe do once it's wrapped, maybe we'll have a talk because Shane also has funny sort of thoughts on Game of Thrones. We talk about it on the Mondays when we go to work because he's new to the show. Mm. You don't watch the show, so it could be kind of an interesting, if not in-depth conversation, maybe there Well, this kind of goes into another question. Someone is wondering, um, will more Champagne Boys make special appearances? So that could be an episode where there's room for some special guests. Yeah, that's right. Oh. A, lot, a lot of friends uh, love Game of Thrones. Yeah. I've got yeah, I, I got a Champagne Boys like Champagne Boys side Game of Thrones chat group, mm-hmm. little text group. But uh, if uh, should we have another Champagne Boy on? Who yeah, we why we've, not? Yeah, we've had not. We've had my brother. Yeah, yeah. Get Guys. Julian on. Get Julian. Julian. Get everyone loves shirtless yeah. Julian. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up. You know what we'll do though, because I know we do have more questions. Mm-hmm. Let's add some questions to the end of every episode. Yeah, that's fun. That that's is good. fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep so doing we'll kind of have two or three at the end of every episode. But this was a lot. Yeah. I feel like we, so send uh, them in every week. Yeah, we'll remind you. That's it. Cool. We don't have a laugh line. I mean, we ended on the laugh line yesterday, but... Uh, Diva alert. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thanks, Max. Yeah. 